Welcome to the Sunday Morning Message with Pastor Nick Stringer, brought to you from Creekside Church in Brookville, Indiana. Creekside Church, where the Spirit flows. Good morning again. Open your Bibles, if you would please, to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 22. Gospel of Luke, chapter 22, we're going to be looking at verses 14 through 20 as we read at the beginning of our service. Um, We had a wonderful band come, a musical group called the Collingsworth Family, came to Brookville. Boy, what night was that? I'm losing track. That was Wednesday, wasn't it? What an encouraging and uplifting event that was, if you got to be a part of that and to see that that was wonderful what a talented family they were spirit filled and um boy just praising the lord and loving the lord it really did my soul well uh, to be there in attendance for that so that was great luke 22 verses 14 through 20 today's message is titled at the table and as you see there up on the picture we got a bunch of cats and dogs sitting around a table eating Maybe that's what some of our families look like. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, bad joke. But anyway, uh, do you guys let your dogs eat at the table? No. You know, we didn't either for a while. And all of a sudden, dog starts not only eating at the table, it's happy birthday sung to him. And I don't know, there's all kind of weird stuff happening over on Volk Road and Cedar Grove. But anyway at the table with thanksgiving upon us you know the table is a place where a lot of things happen in the home right the table is where important decisions are made it's where feelings and emotions are shared it's where traditions and ways of life are taught and handed down to future generations the dining table is at the heart of the home and perhaps it even has its own room known as the dining room so what we want to focus on today is this is that the dining table not only is it a place for food but it's a place for hearts the dining table is a place for hearts the dining table is a sacred space and so what i want to focus on today is how may our dining table be special at thanksgiving and i believe that we can learn a few things from our lord jesus christ in the passage of 22 in Luke 14 through 20 today. But before we do that, let's take a look at the first Thanksgiving. Uh-oh, little jumbly there. Hopefully you can make that out, those of you that have an outline or are filling along. The first Thanksgiving, a lot of this is taken from William Bradford. William Bradford was on the Mayflower. He was a colonist who set up at Plymouth Rock, and he uh, wrote a book. Uh, years later detailing some of the events that took place at that first thanksgiving which took place in 1621 in plymouth massachusetts okay Uh, it took place between the surviving colonists from the mayflower voyage and the wampanoag wampanoag indians and they celebrated a successful harvest with a three-day feast William Bradford writes that it was just over 50 colonists who were in attendance. In fact, the colonists, they said, were outnumbered nearly two to one by the Native Americans. Uh, He details that there were about 22 men, four women, 
and 25 children and teenagers. There were very few women because they didn't survive the harsh winter there. For some reason, it took its toll on many of the women. And what they had at that first Thanksgiving feast was, as you can imagine, wild turkey and deer, fish and shellfish, right? Because they were in New England area, right? The Boston area. So a lot of shellfish were abundant. And as well as fruits and vegetables that the colonists grew in their home, such as cabbage, their home gardens, cabbage, carrots, cucumbers, leeks, lettuce, parsnips, and pumpkins. And it was in 1863, President Abe Lincoln, a good old honest Abe, that he proclaimed the final Thursday in November as a national Thanksgiving holiday. And we've been celebrating it here in our country ever since. And we have a lot to celebrate and a lot to be thankful for. You know, the dining table is a place for hearts, but it's not just at Thanksgiving. It's every day. Every time that we sit at the dining table, it's a place for our heart, a place where we can rest our hearts with those that we love and those that we know. So what I want to know is how many of our dining tables uh, how we can make our dining tables special at Thanksgiving what happens at the table what happened at the table when Jesus sat with his disciples well number one the table is where love is affirmed love is affirmed we open your Bibles to the behold your place in Luke and turn very quickly to Revelation chapter 3, verse 20. <clears throat> Revelation chapter 3, verse 20 says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and will dine with him and he with me. Jesus Christ looks forward to dining with you and I sitting at that table during the marriage supper of the Lamb and having a meal with us where we will share our hearts with the Lord and He will share His love with us. Now turn back to Luke 22 and let's look at what Jesus says to His disciples in verse 15. Look what it says there. And He said to them, Jesus said to His disciples, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you. I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you. Now that word desired comes from a Greek word, which means he had a great longing and he set his heart upon it. In other words, what he was saying is this, I am happy to be here with you. What a wonderful kind thing to say to the people he was sitting at the table with. I am happy to be here with you perhaps we could say that to those that we eat with this thanksgiving now that is exclusive to the book of luke where it says i earnestly desired to eat this meal with you and luke was a physician and so perhaps luke had that tender touch you know and we all want our doctors to have that tender touch right a few weeks back, I took uh, two of our kids, uh, Jordan and Savannah, to, to the doctor. And uh, they were okay, just a well check visit, a checkup. And on the, they were given a little handout, a little survey. 
And the survey, one of the questions asked them, how many times a week do you eat dinner at the table with your family? Now, the reason they ask this question is because studies have shown that eating dinner at the table with your family is great for your psychological, your mental, your social health. In fact, it says that children that do, families that do eat together, those children end up being more successful in life um, financially, uh, socially. They have families that are more stable. Now, all the studies show. And so that was a question that they asked at this uh, well check visit. And so the dinner table can be a barometer of the health of our country. Do you know just one generation ago from today, nearly 80% of American families ate the evening meal together. Now today, statistics show that just 40% of American families eat dinner together two or three nights a week at the most. All right. So dinner together at the table in America is quickly dying. And our culture, I believe, is paying the price. And I would also add that it doesn't count if you're eating dinner at the table and you're on your phone. Right. So I would say it might be a good idea that we do not have phones at the dinner table. That's just a, my opinion. And that's a rule that we have at our house. No phones at the dinner table. Right. Uh, for that time, you know, the dining table is a very special place. You think about all the things that take place at the dining table. And when I do that, I'm filled with joy. Uh, I walk into our house and I see our kitchen table. And it's a place where we've played many games. We've played many games of life, Monopoly, Yahtzee. I've even played solitaire on that table and a few <laughs> others have too. It's a place where homework is done. You help them with the homework, right? It's a place where you do a lot of thinking. It's a place where plans are made. The dining table is a place where you read. The dining table is also a place where you pray when you take in your meals and otherwise. And you know, I'm a very sentimental person. And when I walk in and I see our table, I often say, we need an update. That table's, uh, it's had its better days, right? We could use an update. But then you think, uh, you think about all the things that take place at that table. And you're like, well, there's no way you could ever get rid of that table. You know, you feel the same way, uh, I feel the same way about our van. And you know, you think about all the trips that we have taken in that van. And... Uh, the time we've spent together, it's, it makes it hard to get rid of. So you feel that way about your dining table because you've done so much at the table. And Jesus, he sat with his disciples at the table and he let his disciples know, you know, hey, I am happy to be here with you. He affirmed his love for the disciples. He said, I have earnestly desired to eat this meal with you. And I think it would be good for us to try and imitate what Jesus was saying to his disciples. When we sit down at the Thanksgiving table this year, let's let those we're with know, I am happy to be here with you today. I am happy to eat this meal with you. Look what it says there in Philippians chapter 1 verse 8. For God is my witness 
how I long for you all with the affection of Jesus Christ. And that was Paul speaking to the Philippian church there. He was saying, I longed to be with you and I long to have affection for you in the way that Je the affection of Jesus Christ. And so, you know, the Lord, he longs to be with us. And that's why I read Revelation chapter 3, verse 20. Because it is the Lord's desire for you and I to be at that table with him. Folks, we discussed earlier this year in the summertime about the marriage supper of the Lamb. And who would be there. And when that event takes place near the, at the end times, near the end of the final age. And the Lord wants you to be there. The Lord desires and longs for you to be there at that table with him. Let us take a quick pause and let's pray that our table this year will be a place where we can let others know that we're going to be happy to be there with them. Would you bow your heads with me, please, for a moment? Father God in heaven, let our Thanksgiving table, our dining table, be a place of joy this Thanksgiving that we could be happy to be in the company of those we love, our friends and our family. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So aside from being a place where love is affirmed, the table also brings with it breaking news, right? You know you've sat around the dinner table and you hear something for the very first time that you didn't hear before. And that's exactly what Jesus did. So number two, the table is where news is shared let's take a look here well i had a work colleague <laughs> this was a few years back back he said he was sitting at table and he uh they were eating spaghetti and meatballs and he i mean he told this with such significant detail it had to be true he twirled his spaghetti in his fork and he was about to put it up to, and he was getting it ready you know to put up to his mouth and his son said to him and his wife I've met somebody online and we're getting married. And he said mid-bite, he stopped right there and the spaghetti fell off the fork. <laughs> and he had to re-twirl again, right? So yeah, you know, you hear things for the very first time at the dinner table. And Jesus, he was revealing news to his disciples at the dinner table. Look what he says there in verse 16. For I say to you, I shall never again eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And he was also saying to them in the previous verse, in verse 15, that I'm about to suffer. I'm about to suffer and I am going away for a time. And this was news that was not very pleasing to the disciples. In fact, this hurt them very badly. They had been with Jesus for three years. This was their friend. This was their Lord. They did not want him to suffer. They did not want him to leave. They wanted to be with him. And so this news was not good news. And it was difficult for them to stomach. It was not something that they wanted to hear. In fact, at the end of this passage, you'll see it even causes a dispute. Because he says, one of you here at this table is going to betray me. And they all look at each other like, me, me? Is it going to be me? Surely not me, Right? There's going to be a dispute there, and there's going to be some dysfunction at the table. You know, the dining table is a place where you can have some arguments, and you can have some disagreements, and you can have a little bit of dysfunction. But that's okay, 
because we use the dining table a lot of times to work things out. And that's what you do in a family. You work things out, right? You have discussions and you have disagreements or you hear things that you didn't want to hear that weren't pleasing to you and you say, hey, well, okay, let's work this thing out. And so Jesus reveals information to his disciples at this meeting here at the Last Supper. Hey, this is not news that you want to hear, but I'm getting ready to suffer I'm going away. You're not going to see me for a while. You know, many of, much of the news at our tables across our country this past year and the year before has been sad. There's going to be a lot of empty seats at Thanksgiving tables this year because of the pandemic and other things. But it's also become a contentious table, the dining table. And it really saddens my heart, and it doesn't have any place, especially at Thanksgiving, for us to not be together, to not meet, or to have a table of contention over politics and vaccinations and masks mandates. A lot of times we already know where people in our family stand on these things, and so there is no need to bring these things up at the Thanksgiving table. Now, that's my opinion. You have it your way and you have your meal however you want. But I would prefer at my table that we just discuss the things that will bring us closer together, like our love for one another. Because, my dear friends, when we get right down to it, this could be the last Thanksgiving that we spend with our family and friends. We do not know. We just do not know there are people that are going to be missing at our table that never would have thought that would have been their last. And so we need to keep that in mind and we need to humble ourselves and we need to understand at any moment it could be time and this could be our last. And you don't want to spend that time wasted arguing about politics, right? No. You want to spend that time in the care and the comfort and the love of your family and friends. Telling them the things that really matter. You know, I've always cared about you. And I'm happy to be here with you today at this meal. Folks, isn't that what it's really all about? And I believe Jesus was doing that here at the Last Supper. This is what he did 2,000 years ago. And you know what he also did, what we also do at the table, whether we share good news or bad news? The dinner table is a place for new traditions, right? And that's exactly what Jesus Christ did here at the Last Supper. He's established a new tradition. Look what it says here in verses... Um, look what it says here. Oh, where am I? I lost my place. Oh, here I am, verse 19. He had taken some bread and given thanks. He broke it and he gave it to them saying, This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way he took the cup and said, uh, The cup is poured out for you. It is the new covenant in my blood. He established a new tradition right there. And 2,000 years later, we still adhere to that tradition and we use it in the church here to remember the Lord's death until he comes again, do we not? It's called communion, a.k.a. the Lord's Supper. And that was established 
at the dining table between Jesus and his disciples and the people that he loves. Philippians 2.4 says this, Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. And you say, well, why did you put that verse up there? Well, because this could be a time when you're sitting at the dining table and news is shared where someone reveals to you something that's very important to them. And so we need to be ready to listen. We need to go to the dining table ready to listen because you just don't know what someone has on their heart and is ready to say. There's a lot of things that could be said there. There's a lot of uh, people who are getting sick, and so you just don't know what someone may have to say. And so let's take a pause here that God would allow us to be good listeners at our dining table this Thanksgiving, and let's pray about that. Heavenly Father, we ask that our table be ripe with good news and that we are able to establish and enjoy new traditions and enjoy familiar traditions. Heavenly Father, let us be ready to listen at the dining table this Thanksgiving. In Jesus' name, amen. So another great quality of the dining table that can take place is that when we get to the dining table, we can rest assured knowing that everything is going to be all right. I'm here with my family. I'm here with my friends. And even though troubles have befell me this past year, I know that everything is going to be okay. And that's exactly what Jesus was telling his disciples at this supper. I am going to suffer. I am going away. But my friends, it's all going to be okay. The table is where comfort is given. When difficulty comes into our lives, the dining table can be just what the doctor ordered and bring timely comfort that we need. You know, I learned something new this week. So we have uh, someone in our church that recently uh, got injured from a fall. And I was talking with them uh, earlier in the week. And they said that they are using what is called a polar I let me get this right. Polar ice care cube, I think is what it is. And so what it is, and you see the picture right over there, it's a cooler. And you put water and ice in the cooler, and it has that pad, and you strap that pad to your injured area. And then it has a pump in it that runs the cool water through the hose to that affected area but it's not so cold that you can't stand it but it's just the right amount of temperature but it circulates that cool water around that area and it helps it to heal right and you know at the dining table we want to bring comfort to those that we love and I believe that the dining table is the same way as that machine there it can be a place where we can circulate our encouraging and uplifting words and circulate around the hurting hearts of those that we dine with and that's exactly what Jesus teaches us you know that ice machine it circulates that cold water and that our words circulate around the heart and soul 
of people. We want to give them words that are going to bring healing. We want to bring words that are going to bring intervention into their lives. And it doesn't mean that we have to try and be a psychologist. It just means let's give an edifying word. Let's give an encouraging word, not words that cut sharp and cut to the quick. And so Jesus says the same thing here with his disciples in verses 19 and 20 when he offers them the bread and the juice, the bread and the fruit of the vine, the wine there. He says, you know, my friends, things aren't looking too good right now. I'm going to suffer. I'm going to be taken away from you. And things are going to look awfully bleak. But I want to tell you this right now. Everything is going to be okay. And the Lord has the same message for you. My friends, we are inundated with negative vibes and negative messages. This country and culture is ripped at the seams and you and I live in a day and age where you can hardly do anything without it being broadcast all over the place. We are living in a culture that constantly is beating on your heart, beating on your soul. And the devil wants nothing more than to cause you doubt and discouragement. And I want to tell you this morning that the Lord has a different message. He says that no matter what you hear, no matter what is happening around you, I have a message to let you know that everything is going to be okay. The Lord says that if I go and prepare a place for you, I will return and I will receive you to myself, and where I am, there you will be. The Lord says, I am the bread of life, and anyone who eats this bread will have eternal life. The Lord says, I am the resurrection and the life, and he who believes in me will live even when he dies. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. My dear friends, everything is going to be okay. Because in the end, you win. In the end, you have the victory. In the end, no matter what happens now, Jesus Christ has saved you for an eternity based upon your faith and your trust in him everything is going to be all right you know a lot of times that's easier said than done isn't it when you're getting pounded on it looks like there's no hope and for many people there that those thoughts they just can't seem to shed those thoughts. They get into a dark place. Psychologically, spiritually. And they get into a place where they just don't feel like it's ever going to get any better. 
My friends, it gets better. Where you're at now and what we're going through now is not as good as it gets. It gets much better. You look outside and you say, oh, another rainy, gloomy day. My friends, you have nothing but sunshine in your future. You have nothing but good health in your future. You have nothing but good spiritual vibes in your future. There will not be any negative news in the kingdom of heaven. There will not be anybody beating down on your heart and soul in the kingdom of heaven. It will be nothing but praise, honor, and glory, and the Lord giving his love to you and us reciprocating that love back to the Lord. You have a bright future. In fact, I would say that your future is so bright that you need to wear shades, right? Your future is so bright. You, yeah, that wasn't that bad, Chris. Come on now. Give me a break. <laughs> okay, that was an old one. But anyway, your future is bright. The heavenly kingdom is waiting for you. And the heavenly kingdom is something that we can all rest assured in and have our comfort in. And that's what the Lord wants you to focus on this Thanksgiving. Come to the table and receive your comfort come to the table where good news is shared come to the table and let others know that you are happy to be there with them look at what proverbs twelve twenty five says anxiety in a man's heart weighs it down but a good word makes it glad let's ask for the lord to bless our dining table and our thanksgiving this year as we close in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we do thank you, Lord God, that you have been so kind and so gracious to us. Father, I pray that our table will not be a table of contention, but our table will be a table where love and laughter has its way and that love and laughter rules the day. Heavenly Father, let our table be a glimpse into what the heavenly kingdom has in store. A table that offers hope. A table that offers love. A table that offers a positive future. A table that offers a positive outlook. Let us let and let our table reflect who you truly are. Father, we thank you for your love and your compassion and Lord I know that there are some who don't know whether or not they will have a place at the dining table when the end time comes at the marriage supper of the lamb and if you're here today or if you're listening to a podcast or on Facebook I want you to know that you can know right now that you can reserve a place at the table with Jesus Christ at the marriage supper of the Lamb. And you can do that by asking Jesus to come into your life, to forgive you of your sin, and to be your Lord and Savior. Just ask Him right now. Say, Lord, please forgive me and bring me to your dining table. Let me dine with you where I can enjoy the comfort of being with you and the love that you have to offer. 
Let him know that you believe that he is the Son of God, that he died on the third day, that he died on the cross and rose again on the third day, and that you trust him for the forgiveness of your sins. And he promises that if you do this, that he will come and give you his Holy Spirit to dwell inside you and that he will give you eternal life. Won't you make that decision today? Heavenly Father, I pray that all of our tables this Thanksgiving would be blessed. I pray for our congregation, Father, that nobody here would spend their Thanksgiving alone, but that everyone would have someone that they could be with, whether it's just one other person. And I pray, Lord, that your presence would be at our table also. Let us always remember that where two or three are gathered, there you are in our midst. And I would even go as far as saying where just one person is. Father, they are never alone, for you will never leave us nor forsake us. For you are a good and loving God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Sunday message by Pastor Nick Stringer at Creekside Church in Brookville, Indiana. For more information, you can go to www.creekside-church.org and find us on the website. Once again, you've been listening to the Sunday message with Pastor Nick Stringer.